Hi. I'm okay. How are you? I'm fine. I'm Tom. Nice to meet you. Okay, we just waited for Errol, I think. Is Errol here? Yeah, yeah, he's around. He hasn't joined us yet, but he's definitely around. So I just spoke to him 20 minutes ago. Okay, cool. Are you a student currently here, no? Yes, I'm a student here. Are you undergrad? Yes. What are you studying? European politics. Hi, Errol. Nice to meet you. Hello, how are you doing? You all right? Yes, yourself? Not too bad. Uh, enjoying okay. the warm weather? Yes. Thank you guys so much for appearing on today's episode of the Enabled in Academia podcast. It's great to have you guys. Thank you. Have you started recording? Yes, of course. Okay, so before we start, normally what I do with all my guests is I ask about sort of background information about themselves, um, just so the audience can have some increased familiarity with them. Um, so, for instance, Errol, yourself, I've heard that you're involved with assistive technology at King's and um, you have some involvement with the disability support and inclusion team. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Okay. And Tom, I believe um, from our communications, I've inferred that you are involved with the SPLD forms, the specific learning difficulty forms and like the administrative processes behind them and diagnostics. That's right. Yeah. That's also part of disability support and inclusion as well. Okay, fab. So, do you guys mind telling us maybe some more details about your work? Anyone can go first. Okay. <laughs> do you want to start, Errol? Yep, okay. Um, my name is Errol Thomas. I'm the Assistive Software Advisor and I work in the Disability Support and Inclusion Team. And um, we're a sort of a good team that we're, we try to support students with their disabilities. And uh, so my role is to actually support students that are in the need of assistive technology, in the use of assistive technology and also assistive technology rooms, which we have on campus. So um, students would um, be assessed as requiring the need of assistive software and assessed for the need to, to use assistive technology rooms, which we will help them to register and use while on campus and so help support uh, their needs while, while studying. Okay, so that's really interesting um, that they have this options at King's and I believe it's on, available on different campuses and different libraries throughout, isn't it? Not just that morn. That's correct. Assistive technology rooms are, are um, uh, scattered all over the various campuses. So we have 10 rooms um, three at the Morn, three at the Franklin Wilkins Library, all based in libraries. Mm -hmm. Then we have um, St. Thomas's um, House Library, and also we have the Wet Western Education Centre and the IOPPN Library, and the City Technology Rooms are all in those libraries. Okay, that's good that it's spread around, and it's so it's more accessible for students on different campuses that maybe have those needs, they can use those facilities there, and it's easier for yes. them to access. Um, something I wanted to ask you about in particular was the maintenance of these rooms, these ATR rooms. Uh, for instance, is there any like reservation booking system if they're a bit busy? Yeah? Yeah, okay. So assisted technology rooms are, are student space and you need to book the room in advance to use these rooms. Also, you have to be registered via the disability support team to actually have access to these rooms. Mm -hmm. These rooms are fully loaded 
with assistive software and they're accessible. Um, but you you do need to book it, book the room in advance and you will be given access via your student card. So yes, um, the, you can st book for a maximum of three hours per one sitting per day. If the room is free for the fourth hour, you can book again. So it's a shared space. We have quite a lot of users using assistive technology rooms, but it is a shared space. Okay, something I also wanted to ask, thank you for that, by the way, is um, sort of, can you tell us more about the technology offered and more of the softwares available in those rooms? Yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, each room is bundled with a package of assistive software. The applications are Dragon, naturally speaking, that's voice recognition. We have TextHelp, which is a sort of productivity tool, proofreading application. Inspiration is mind mapping and diagrams, helps you to plan your essays. We have JAWS, which is for visually impaired students and Zoom text. And then finally, um, Abbey Find Reader, which is helps you to create accessible formats. So there's quite a bundle of applications that a student can use in these rooms. Okay, so it's mainly application and software. Is it not like actual technology, technological pieces or equipment, or is it more software-based? Software. Okay, soft, software installed on each computer. However, let me just break that down. So, we have um, network PCs where the software is installed, but we also have brought in a new um, a new setup called BOYD, Bring Your Own Device. So, if you already have assistive software on your own laptop provided by the DSA, you can use your own laptop, plug it into a BOYD setup, bring your own device, which requires a USB-C port, and you can use your own laptop connected to a high definition um, monitor, um, keyboard and mouse and desktop microphone, and you can use your own, your own, your own equipment basically. So there's two setups network PC or bring your own device okay. in the need to go. And by DSA, I'm sure you mean Disabled Students Allowance, right? That's offered by That's Student correct. Finance England. Yeah, just yes. so the audience know as well. Okay. Yes. Can you tell us more a little bit about Dragon, by the way, or JAWS? I think they're really okay, interesting. So Dragon's quite a popular application because it really benefits students have, who probably have lost the ability to use their hands or are suffering some form of RSI, musculoskeletal disorder, where typing um, and the use of the hands is extremely painful and difficult. So what we would recommend after an assessment is Dragon. So they, they no longer need to type, they can use their computer hands-free. So Dragon involves learning lots of Dragon commands, which the computer and the software um, will work out what to do. Um, in terms of you creating a document. So you learn these Dragon commands and you can get up and running and you can start creating a document by voice. No more typing, no more clicking, all done by voice. And it's very, very good, highly accurate and um, apparently four times faster than typing. Wow, that is so amazing they have that. Um, something, can you tell us about JAWS as well a little bit, if you don't mind? Yes, yeah, so JAWS, um, Job Access with Speech, that's what that stands for. It's for students that are fully unsighted. So mm -hmm. if someone is fully unsighted, they'll probably end up using JAWS within the university. And basically it's a full detailed screen reader whereby you need to use hotkeys to control the software to give you full feedback on what you are doing on your computer. So everything you do on the computer will be actually 
um, fed back to you by um, by um, screen reading. So, if, for example, if you press the mouse, it will say you've just pressed the mouse. If it says you've just typed something, it will explain what you've just typed. So everything you do will be repeated back to you. Okay, well, that sounds really useful and accommodating for students with that sort of condition or that impairment. Good. Um, something I also wanted to ask was about the popularity of these rooms. So, like, how how many students do you think use these resources roughly? Okay, so we have about 350 students using 10 rooms, mm -hmm. which we always say that they should book the room before you. So it's a shared space. Mm -hmm. um, we are looking to increase the amount of ATRs, and we've also been trying to improve the ATRs by bringing in new kit, new software. So watch this space. We hope to be bringing new ATRs online soon and uh, hopefully increase the amount of ATRs that are available for disabled students. Okay, well that sounds really optimistic. And um, So how do you guys plan on increasing um, these resources though? Okay, so we have recently done an audit and uh, mm -hmm. taken on board student feedback and there are times when we have pinch points where the rooms are very, very busy and you know, we, we, on some particular sites we only have one ATR, but on mm -hmm. other sites such as Franklin Watkins or the more we have three ATRs. So it'd be good to have more because then we can share the load and share the footfall basically. So that's what's coming um, down the line. Okay, do you know roughly when it will be in place? Is um, that like a time frame? Okay, so I can't <laughs> give you a time frame at this moment, but it's plans are being made. Okay, it's fine because we're a bit excited. So um, just one more thing. Watch the space. Okay. Keep, let's keep in contact. And okay. As soon as yes. I get a date, okay. um, I'll let you cool. know. Just I wanted about contact. I wanted to just ask you my last question for you today is your contact details. So how students can contact you to sort of get assessments or to discuss these topics further with yourself or your team? Okay, so um, my email address is assistive hyphen software at sign kcl.ac.uk but normally students would um, contact the disability department and they will be triaged to mm -hmm. one of the advisors and if they need assistive software they will then um, appointment will be made for them to come and see me or we have an online appointment and they can get assessed for their assistive software needs okay so yes the team our disability advisors and assistant disability advisors um, work together as a team to triage various students and meet their needs. Okay, well that sounds really like, I would say productive to be honest, that it's done that way. Yeah, so they're sort of like introduced to your team. Yes. Okay, so thank you so much now. Okay, I'm going to move on to Tom and discuss some of the SPLD forms, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Hi, Tom. Hello. Okay. So one of my so obviously we've talked about your background information. So you're involved in the SPLD forms, which is the specific learning difficulty forms. Um, so I wanted to ask about the acquisition process in more detail. How can students sort of maintain these, get a hold of these forms in the first place at King's? Okay. So uh, what we offer is what's known as a screening service for specific learning difficulties. Mm -hmm. So usually the inquiry just comes into the disability inbox, which is the one at disability at kcl.ac.uk. So 
That's the, that's the usual way to request the form, but we also have what are called ADA drop-ins, which are live drop-ins that people can either book online or they can turn up to one of the campuses uh, three days a week, I believe, and the details are on our web pages as to which days and times. Okay, sorry, one in. second. What does the acronym you said stand for? The ADAs is, uh, sorry, that's the uh, Assistant Disability Advisors. So okay. they, they handle the inquiries. Yes. Um, and they would direct students to whichever services. Okay, so for, so for instance, I could be a student and I could just email the disability at KCL email address and be like, can I have a form, please? I think I have these concerns, etc." Exactly, and you'd be sending a screening form, which would you complete and return to us. Okay, cool. Um, something I wanted to also ask was about sort of the types of questions that are present on the form and the time frames, the response time frames from your team. Okay, so the form's broken down. It's a relatively long form. It's about twelve pages, mm -hmm. um, and it's broken down into sections. Um, to begin with, it asks you about a little bit about your schooling, um, as in the difficulties you may have had pre-university um, and then it asks you to break down any difficulties you've had with reading and with writing and um, even speech, uh, listening, uh, navigation. So there's a range of sort of um, skills that are asked, you ask for feedback on and the more comments you provide, the more information you provide, the more useful it is in terms of screening because it's a yes, no, but there's also a comment box for each, each uh, category. Um, and then it goes on to memory and concentration, focus, uh, maths, skills, um, and they're all the sort of learning skills that we would assess through the screening. Um, so you work your way through those and then there's a specific screening test for dyspraxia, followed by an additional screening test for ADHD at the last part of the form. So there's several sections that you have to work through and for, sometimes students do find the form itself quite challenging. Yeah. Um, so, wait, sorry, you mentioned the form that it sounds like you're saying that you would have to sort of um, discuss yourself having several conditions, for instance. But what happens if you just want to say you have one condition? Because you said ADHD okay. and dyspraxia. So why can't you just do like one section of it that's relevant to you? Because you might not always be the best judge of what your difficulties are. Oh, so I the see. idea is you, you yeah. fill in all of the different categories and the part of the screening process is to try and identify which of the which of the specific learning difficulties might apply to you as an individual or, or sometimes more than one okay do you mind me asking about time frames as well as i said before like how long roughly would it take for your team to respond um when they receive sure. all the supporting evidence pieces from gps etc as well okay so supporting evidence is a bit different we'll come on to that in a, in a minute but okay. in terms of screening um if you apply for a form today you'd be sent the form within a matter of days and then we have a three-week turnaround mm -hmm. so the form will be with us for three weeks or maximum of three weeks ideally before you get a response and within that period you should get a reply um, either inviting you to a screening interview or being um, referred for an assessment of specific learning difficulty okay and once you've got a referral there's another waiting period because you've got to book an appointment with the assessor and that can take four to eight weeks to book an assessment and then it takes two weeks to write up a report so yeah is that for the screening interview four to eight weeks 
No. No. Normally, within uh, I'd say it's three weeks to respond to the form submission of the screening form. Mm -hmm. So as soon as the screening form's been seen, you will receive an email either directing you towards a referral, as in for an assessment, or you'll be invited for a, for a meeting with the advisor, and that could take probably within a couple of weeks. We'd be able to book you in. I would say two to three weeks. I would say for a screening interview. Okay, and what can do you have any tips for students that may, might want to be preparing for screening interviews? What can they expect in these events? Okay, so the screening interview will largely cover the answers they've already submitted in the screening form. So mm. once they've submitted the screening form, the, the purpose of the interview is really to provide more detail on the answers they've provided. So where there's bits which are not clear or where they haven't provided enough information, they'll be asked to just explain what they meant or to give examples of difficulties that they've had in their learning. Okay, so are all applicants offered a screening interview or is it only for certain cases? In some cases, we can refer the student directly through to assessment if there's clear indications on the form that that person is experiencing a specific learning difficulty or, or indications of specific learning difficulty and where, where those uh, indications appear to be, um, well, a high likelihood of diagnosis, then they'll be referred directly to the assessor. So not everybody will be offered an interview. It's only where there's uh, confusion or where the, the the answers aren't necessarily indicating one condition or another. So okay. the interview is used to determine what the what the difficulties might be. Okay. So um, thank you for that. I just wanted to also because we were communicating before and I believe you mentioned to me that there are also there's like another service offered where it's like separate diagnosis separate diagnosis interviews or something can you please elaborate on this okay so I suppose the way to look at it is um, specific learning difficulties which is the main service um, that includes dyslexia dyspraxia dysgraphia dyscalculia and a category which is known as characteristics of ADHD. Um, so they all classify the specific learning difficulties. Whereas some people are coming to us for a, an actual ADHD diagnosis, and that, and that diagnosis is actually provided via a doctor who would need to refer you to a psychiatrist. And that's not something we can offer through the disability team. Mm -hmm. So if you're seeking an ADHD diagnosis, um, the medical referral would be the way to go, and we can provide information to help you arrange a medical referral for ADHD. Um, if people are seeking information about autism or autism screening, that also is a medical referral and it would mean referring you to your doctor to have the conversation with your doctor about autism assessment. But we would screen for it and if we thought the likelihood of assessment was high, then you could be provided a referral to go to your doctor and, and, and pursue that assessment. So the differences between specific learning difficulty ADHD and autism. Okay. Um, something I also just wanted to say was we also discussed peer support schemes earlier, I believe. Can you elaborate more okay. on this as well? Okay. Um, peer support schemes at Kings are provided through the Student Union Society, which you're probably aware of, which mm -hmm. is the KCL Neurodiversity uh, and Mental Health Society. So. That's the dominant peer support scheme at the, at the university and, um, and we're not involved with that because it's a student-run society. Okay, well uh, it's good that they have that option, yes. Yes, that's right. So that, and people can obviously elect to join that. 
Okay. We, we've got a small group of um, students who are meeting for an autism group, and that meets uh, well, we've only had two meetings so far, and that's people who are looking for autism diagnosis, and we've convened a meeting for them to come in and discuss any difficulties associated with that. So we're, we're helping to develop more peer support services in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment, I would say the Student Society is the main network. Okay, so last question now. Um, can we have some further contact details uh, from you, if that's okay, if students want to get in touch? Yeah, the main contact email is the disability at KCL address, uh, and all the inquiries should be funneled through there because we've got the team of assistant disability advisors who will pick up all the inquiries and, and provide the, the first response before you've referred through to Errol or to myself or to other members of the team. Okay, thank you guys so much for appearing on today's episode of Enabled in Academia. I think the implications of these services are enormous. For instance, if a student um, does, you know, showcase a form or, you know, needs to go to an ATR, maybe you can help them, you know, claim MCF, like assignment extensions, etc., or specialised exam arrangements. So I think these services are super important and we're really thankful to have you guys on the show today, on the podcast. Thank you, Stephen. Well, thanks for inviting us. Thank you so yeah, much. It's been a pleasure. Bye Thank now. Take care. Bye. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.